logo, Growing Apostolic Legacy. We have a great history, a great legacy. We have a great, uh, we're apostolic and uh, we are growing. Good to have all of you and been wonderful. It's been uh, good to be able to have all these things going on. Uh, I put here as a title and I, I will explain it, Making God's Hero List. And I, uh, I know some of the young folks will appreciate those heroes. I don't even know all of them in the picture. I do know Superman, uh, but I couldn't find Batman in there. Was, those were my heroes, was uh, Superman and Batman and, and uh, Robin and all of those. But uh, been around a long time. We have uh, what we call superheroes, but the Lord has a hero list, actually in the Bible and it's found in the book of Hebrews you can read the entire uh, 11th chapter and not all the people in there are perfect by any means uh, many of them have a lot of flaws many of them had a lot of things that uh, went on in their lives that uh, we would uh, say were not necessarily perfect and maybe uh, in that regard um, they had to overcome many of them had to overcome a lot of different things and there's numerous numerous stories in that 11th chapter and it's called the faith chapter because it says by faith and it talks about faith and what it meant to have faith and um, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, and without faith it is impossible to please God. So we are, are living in a day when the faith in everything, I think, in the world is being shaken, which is in fact probably, maybe, it, we would hope it will turn folks' hearts to God, that they will feel like well, I have faith in God. I was in the hospital yesterday, though, and I uh, some there was a Columbus Dispatch paper. I don't take it. I opened uh, the uh, the local headlines is on the first page. The national headlines is on the second page. And as I opened it up, it talked about how that. Uh, several of the Catholic churches in America received over 1.4 billion dollars in loan forgiveness and it was to dioceses where there had been uh, uh, embezzlement going on and all kinds of things and they were in financial trouble and I I looked at that and I I thought wow um, now we're even atta attacking religions at this stage of the game. And I'm not, uh, you know, I'm sure there were uh, misappropriation of funds and I'm sure things have happened and I, I'm not saying the article's not true, I don't know. But what I, I saw was, you know, we, it's hard for us to trust the president. It's hard for us to trust the Congress. It's hard for us to trust, uh, you know, the doctors. Uh, you know, we have a doctor. Is he really telling us the whole story or does he want to develop a, a vaccine? And then it's hard to trust. Uh, Michigan uh, just uh, opened up a, a thing where they're going to uh, vote at 100%, I heard, that they will allow 
a chip to be placed in folks for uh, medical purposes and and it's hard to trust and it's hard to trust and it's hard to trust and Amen. we have well, very little faith and you you know and you, you you have to have faith in something and yet the Lord had a heroes of faith Hebrews 11th chapter and what shall I say more for the time would uh, fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and uh, Barak and Samson and uh, Barak and Jephthah and David also and Samuel the prophet who through faith and then he begins to talk about what they did of course he's already talked about Abraham and Jacob and and Joseph and several others uh, but he says they they subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, uh, escaped the edge of the sword, and weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in a fight, fought the armies of the aliens, women received their dead raised to life, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, uh, others had true mock cruel mockings and scourgings others bonds and imprisonments some were stoned some were sawn asunder some were tempted I'd rather be in the first part that had the miracles than in the last part here I'd rather be one of those who escaped the sword rather than slain with the sword understand wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins being destitute afflicted tormented of whom the world was not one worthy they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens of the earth and came and it goes on and those are the heroes of faith and it basically when you continue reading it says and all these having obtained a good report through faith received not the promise God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect and one of those people that was in that list was Jephthah. So it's what the Lord basically said as he summed all this up. They obtained a good report through faith. And yet they did not receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. So you can imagine. We think we're going through it. And we have the Holy Ghost. We have the power. The resurrection power. And so, you know, when you talk about oh man I really had faith oh it was going to be tough I, I had faith I was going to I didn't know if I was going to pass that test or not but I just kept the faith well that's good but I'm sorry <laughs> it's hard to compare that to uh, sawed asunder wandered in caves all the other things you understand but we're you know sometimes we would say well he mentioned some names there and one of them was Jephthah and I I begin to read and think about Jephthah uh, because you don't preach a lot about Jephthah and I will get into it probably more tonight as to why you don't really talk about Jephthah not a lot of people like to talk about Jephthah it's kind of a it's kind of a hard story to figure all out and I'll get into the hard part tonight my first part's pretty easy but uh, you know um, what made Jephthah a hero and it doesn't say because he fought because he won uh, as a matter of fact 
when you begin to read the story of Jephthah, it actually starts in the in in Judges the tenth chapter, uh, not by name. He gets it by name in the eleventh chapter and ends up in the twelfth chapter. Two, a chapter and a half really of Jephthah. But to understand what was going on, this was the time of Judges of Israel. And for those of you who understand that, it was a time of up and down, up and down, good and bad, good and bad, hot and cold. They were not really consistent in living for God. It was they had judges or people that would sort of rule over them because after Moses came Joshua and Joshua ends by saying uh, the people are doing what is right in their own eyes and they're deciding themselves how they should act and then uh, Joshua says and I read it a few weeks ago choose you this day whom you're going to serve because it's a choice that you will make. You know, it's always a choice. You, you will make a choice. You can say, well, I can get by with this and I can do that. And I, and I choose every day who I will serve. And Judges has that same issue. Beginning in the 10th chapter, again, the children of Israel are doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And they are serving, and they are serving false gods. The gods of Balaam, Ashtaroth, Syria, Sidon, Moab, the gods of the children of Ammon. They are serving the gods of the children of Ammon. And it is in the midst of all of that, that in serving those gods, that it goes on to say, the gods of the Philistines, and forsake, they forsook the Lord and served not him. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. Wow. He made God mad. In fact, they made him hot. I, I don't want to do that. <laughs> ever. You know, you don't want to get God mad at you. Especially hot. But that was because they were serving all these other gods. And, um, go on, next slide. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and into the hands of the children of Ammon. And that year they vexed and oppressed the children of Israel 18 years. For 18 years they oppressed them. Philistines and the Ammonites. And what happens? The children of Israel cry unto the Lord and say, we have sinned against thee. Took them 18 years to figure out they ought to really serve God. That's pretty bad, isn't it? You would think some folks would get it the first, you know, time the bottom drops out. But well, it's not really, you know, it just rains on the just and the unjust. It's not really my fault. I don't know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. A year goes by, still getting beat up and hammered and I'm just not going to serve him. And so the children of Israel cried unto the Lord said we've sinned and we've served Balaam. Unfortunately you know how the Lord responded to him? Confessing what you have done does not get God's favor. Sorry. If you thought, I can just stand here and say, Oh God, I've really been bad this week. That doesn't bring the favor of God. Old Testament doesn't bring it in the New Testament. Hang on, we're going to get good here. 
You know how God responded to them? Did not I deliver you from the Egyptians and the Amorites and the Ammonites and from the Philistines? I've delivered you from those things and you've gone back to them. And you cried unto me and I delivered them out of their hand. And yet you've forsaken me and served on your other gods. I will deliver you no more. Go and cry to the gods that you chose. Let them deliver you in your time of tribulation. Boy, have you ever wanted to say that to somebody? And the children of Israel heard God's response. And what did they do? Okay, nothing else we can do. We ask God, God's not going to deliver us. What did they do? Now they confess, we have sinned. But then they humbled themselves. Do whatever you want. Deliver us. We pray thee this day. And then they repented. Which was they put away their strange gods. There is a difference in confession and repentance. That's why I said confessing what you have done does not get God's loving response. Because great you know what you did are you how do you feel about it are you going to stop that became the key <laughs> it was now they put away the strange gods and they serve the Lord and when <laughs> when anyone makes a move toward God to say Lord I, I am sorry I am humble I I've done wrong. I'm going to stop what I was doing. I'm going to do my best to serve you. That moves the heart of God. Telling God what you've done does not mean that you've repented. Huh? Well, I told him. Well, guess what? I hate to break the news to you. He already knew. Well, I let him know what I've been doing. Great. Guess what? He wasn't fooled today. He got that. He knew exactly where you were. You know, it's like Adam and Eve. Where are you hiding, Lord? Lord, I'm hiding from God. He won't find me here. Unfortunately, repentance is not enough. Confession wasn't enough. But whenever they removed the gods and they said, Lord, we're sorry. We, we want to serve you. We are always doing... Well, you know, that whole thing of, Lord, please forgive us. We humble ourselves before you. We are in the process now of saying we need God. So then the people of Gilead, the uh, Gibeonites rather, uh, Judges the 10th chapter, the children of Ammon gathered together to encamp in Gilead. And the children of Israel assembled themselves together and encamped in Mizpah. And the children and princes of Gilead said one to another, What man is he that will begin to fight against the children of Ammon? He shall be head over all the tri-inhabitants of Gilead. So now the, the, Gibeon, the children of Gilead tried to figure out a way out of their dilemma. And their solution was find an earthly leader. You know, I'll solve my own problems. When they repented... They asked God to forgive them. They put away strange gods. But then they didn't appeal to God. God, what do you want us to do? It's amazing. 
Lord, I'm so sorry. I, I need to serve you. But now I'm going on with my life over here. And I got my life figured out. When you make up your mind to truly serve the Lord, He's got to become number one every day. Lord, bless me, touch me, use me, direct me. Whatever I need to do today, it's got to be all about Him and not about me. I'll fit God into my life. I'm sorry you can't fit God into your life and be a hero of the faith. So, uh, they, they, they figured out, well, we are going to, uh, you know, uh, figure out uh, a solution to this. And it reminded me, of course, of the verse. It's in 2 Kings, and for the, I, I don't, I'm not going to read it. But you remember when Elisha uh, followed Elijah and the mantle, and the, the point was Elijah told him, stay here, and he wouldn't, and then he followed him and he said, stay here, and then he followed him and he said, stay here, and then he said, I want to see you when you go, and Elijah goes up into heaven, and the mantle floats down, and he picks up the mantle uh, of Elijah, and he throws it on the river, and what is the words that he says? Where is the Lord God of? It's really not where is the Lord God of Elijah. It's where are the heroes that will pick up the mantle? That's the question. Where are those Pauls? Where are those that are going to be heroes of the faith? That are going to be prayer warriors today? Where are the Jephthahs? Where are the ones you, you see you say well I'll, I could never be like Abraham and I could never be like I could never be I'm here to tell you the Lord wants everyone we have the promise we ought to be one of the greatest heroes of the faith and I know I'm looking at a lot of them and, and go back to now the 11th chapter because here's what Jephthah had to overcome and personally and what you will have to overcome to be a hero of the faith now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. He was, uh, was a fighter. And he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Because of the way this is written in the Hebrew, we believe that Gilead, this was his first child, his oldest child. And so Gilead's wife bare him son. So after he had this uh, uh, liaison with this woman and had a child, then he got married. And the new wife, and he had children by the new wife. And when those sons grew up, they thrust out Jephthah. I told you this was a tough story. It's not one that, you know, you read on the daily Bible reading a lot. And they threw Jephthah out into the street and basically, and said, uh, the reason they're doing this is because, Jephthah, you have uh, COVID and we don't want to catch it. It wasn't even that noble. It was basically, we don't want you to get part of our inheritance. So it was greed. Uh, being the eldest, he would have gotten a double portion. And so they, you know, whatever he had, if he had uh, a million dollars, how many of his sons he had, if he had five other sons, it would have to be split seven ways and, and Jephthah would have gotten two portions and whatever. I, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't give us specifics. But it was greed. I don't want him to inherit. And so uh, they thrust Jephthah out 
And they said, for thou art from a strange woman. Now Jephthah fled from his brethren, we don't know how many again, and was done wrong and dwelt in the land of Tob. It's about 80 miles from where his home was, which I know 80 miles doesn't seem like a lot to us, but uh, you know, in that day they couldn't get on the freeway and drive 80 miles an hour. It wasn't just an hour's drive. It would have been a couple days journey. So you're not going to run into each other. You're not going to see each other. It's not going to be like, oh, we, we see each other in Kroger or whatever or at the airport. It wasn't anything like that. Basically, out of their family for good. And there were gathered vain men to Jephthah and went out with him. So these vain men, and the word vain there means empty or worthless guys, followed Jephthah from Gilead out with him to Tob. And they basically became marauders or, or, or raiders and they were thieves and robbers. Go ahead. And <clears throat> so what you see in this first thing about Jephthah is to really make the hero's list of faith. You have to overcome your birth, number one. Good or bad? Good or bad? You have to overcome your birth. Let me make that very clear. There are no second generation and third generation and fourth generation children of God. There are no grandchildren of God. You've got to overcome your birth. You may, I, I have wonderful parents, I have wonderful father and mother, my grandparents on one side, wonderful. I can't say that about the other side. And yet, I, at some point you have to overcome your birth. Because if I don't make this personal and become first generation, guess what? It stops with me. Amen. You have to overcome your birth. Now you say, Jephthah had a very bad birth. Jephthah had not a good family. Jephthah did not have any reason that we would go, oh, wow, he was a loved, cared for, nurtured, coddled baby. A new woman in the house. This older boy. I don't want to have anything to do with him. At some point, she put it in and encouraged it or whatever. Jephthah's brothers hated him. And they couldn't wait to get rid of him. It really wasn't Jephthah's fault who his mother was. It wasn't Jephthah's fault that his brothers were so greedy. It wasn't Jephthah's fault, you know, that they didn't want him to have a portion of the inheritance. And if indeed he was the oldest, a double portion. And it wasn't his fault that a bunch of vain guys started associating with him. And whenever it says vain, it says worthless or empty. And they gravitated toward him and they followed him and they, you know, basically birds of a feather, what is it? And here they all are. And so Jephthah made the hero list. But he learned to fight. He learned he wasn't trained as a soldier. They didn't have a standing army then. But he learned how to be street fighter. And he learned how to be tough. And he learned how to survive. And he became a raider and a thief and a cutthroat. And what I put here on that last line was, we all have to be born again. I don't care if you came from the other side of the tracks or if you came with a silver spoon in your mouth or whatever. At some point, you got to be born again. 
and all things become new. You don't get any special privileges just because, well, my parents and my grandparents were all living for God. I've got to make it personal myself. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. I've got to repent of my sins. I've got to move under the Spirit and the anointing of God. It's not enough for me to stand back and say, well, I've got a great heritage and therefore I, with that heritage, I'm just going to be, all things are going to be wonderful. I have to, if I'm going to be a hero, I've got to make this personal commitment to God. It doesn't matter whether my parents were great or whether they were the, on the other side of the tracks or however you want to describe it. All things, all things become new. I can be a new creature in Christ Jesus. Go ahead. So, you know, what part of the birth will you fight to overcome? Maybe it's you'll have to fight, you know, thinking that you don't have to pray. That, well, you know, my whole family prays. I don't have to pray. I don't have to be faithful. I don't have to give. I don't have to. Maybe you, you just have this idea that I don't. It's not, a, you know, well, I know they pray, you know, but I don't have to pray. Well, that my folks are, they, they went to church all the time. I remember telling my mom and dad, I said, can't we ever go on vacation where we don't go to church? Last thing I wanted to do was be a preacher and go to church all the time. Couldn't stand it. We would go on vacation and go to church. Maybe y'all weren't raised that way. I don't understand. But at some point, it's got to get down in your heart. That I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It doesn't matter that mom or dad or anybody is getting me up and saying, you need to be in church. You need to pray. You need to read your Bible. Now it's on my shoulder. I've got to overcome my birth and say, as for me, my family, this is how we're going to serve God. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to be in church. I'm going to live for God. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says or does. And so it came to pass in the process of time that the children of Ammon made war against Israel. And you probably know, some of you have known the story of Jephthah because it gets amazingly wild. Um, that it was so that when the children of Ammon made war against them, that the elders of Gilead went to fetch Jephthah out of the land of Tob. So they went 80 miles, two or three days journey, four days maybe, whatever, if you get 20 miles a day, and, and made it, and, and they came to Jephthah, and they said, be our captain that we can fight the children of Ammon. The Lord didn't tell them to go do this. They went and did it on their own. And Jephthah said to them, how did Jephthah respond? Kind of like probably I would have responded. What? You want to ask me what? Didn't you throw me out? Why are you coming to me now? The next thing you've got to overcome if you're going to be a hero is a feeling of bitterness. Oh, they've done me wrong. They didn't shake my hand. Somebody didn't, I don't know. They didn't ask me to lead. They didn't, uh, huh? I'm, I know what they did. They, I, they know what they did. You'll never be a hero when you, if you allow bitterness to overrun your, what can I do for God? You say, oh, pastor, you don't understand. I have been done wrong. I have been, I got thrown out. 
then the elders of Gibeon, they had already made this up. They had already talked about it in the 10th chapter. They immediately, the elders of the Gilead rather said, look, if you'll go fight him, we will hand over all the inhabitants of Gilead to you. You'll be head over all of them. And Jephthah kind of ran with that. He didn't ask for that, but you know, since you put that on the table, are you telling me that if I go home and fight and the Lord delivers them, I'll be your head? And the elders of Gilead said unto Jephthah, The Lord be witness if we don't do according to your words. And Jephthah didn't believe them. Because Jephthah went with them and he went to Mizpah and he said, Now in front of everybody else, let's say that again. Just to make sure we're having a coronation. In order to overcome bitterness and what's happened to you, what you've been through, you've got to reach a point where you see the hand of God in everything about your life. At some point, you've got to say, that's why he said, you know, I, I'm going back there, but could it have been that he was thrown out of the family in order to have to fend for himself, in order to have to fight? Because one day the Lord was going to bring him back and show him that he had to be the head. But if you get bitter and you say, I'm sorry, they, they've done me wrong, I'm not praying, I'm not worshiping, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm going to exclude my, I'm going to, I'm going to separate myself, I, they're not going to have any part in my life. You cut your nose. You, you stay in your bitterness. You'll never be a hero of the faith. What are you talking about? You, you know, at some point, and, and I'm sure Jephthah had heard the story of Joseph because, you know, it's a very familiar story to us. It's a very familiar story in the Old Testament. I am sure the very fact that, you know, here we have a, a, a guy who, who was thrown out of his house as well. A guy who was thrown out, who was told, you know, uh, here you're going to have to be all alone you're, you're going to have to we're going to sell you into slavery you're going to be someone else's servant and yet Joseph overcame his bitterness and when his brothers came back he said I'm going to do what I can to figure out what's going on but then his dad died his brothers came back and Joseph said fear not for I am I in the place of God meaning your God is able to use everything you've gone through and shall we say to these things in if God be for us if God be for us we just stand alright let's last slide one Paul told Timothy he said Timothy was facing fear and he was facing depression and he was facing stress and I've faced all of those things I talked to someone just this morning who had COVID he said the worst part was quarantining for 14 days not knowing how bad it was going to be the unknown every day waking up oh God what's going to happen am I running a fever let me check my temperature can I still smell what's going on Paul told Timothy his son in the gospel he said, I put you in remembrance, stir up the gift of God. It was put on you by the 
was in thee by the putting on of hands. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. For the which cause I have suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. I have gone through stuff, but I'm not bitter. Not bitter about it. For I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that He is able. He is able. He is able. He is able, hallelujah, to keep that which I've committed unto him against this day. Let's just worship the Lord. If you're going to be a hero, you've got to get through your bitterness. You've got to get through it. I don't know what you've been through. 